You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine there is. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1. O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and fully loaded chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. You're listening to the Average Conservationist Podcast brought to you by Go Hunt and in partner with 2% for Conservation. Sign up today to become an insider at GoHunt.com. 2% for Conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to fish and wildlife. 1% of your time plus 1% of your money equals 2% for Conservation. 2% helps businesses and people pair with conservation causes to support things that fit what they care about. Whether you're into fishing, hunting, or just getting outdoors, 2% can help you not only start giving back to wildlife, but get certified for it. Getting 2% certified means you've made the same commitments as popular brands like Sitka, First Light, Stone Glacier, and Seek Outside in giving at least 1% of your time and dollars back to wildlife. But it's not just for outdoor companies. Breweries, contractors, coffee roasters, and even piano repair companies have earned 2% certification and stand out as leaders in their community for doing so. Businesses that are committed to conservation deserve your business when you shop. Learn more about 2% for conservation at Fish and wildlife.org that's fishandwildlife.org Happy holidays everyone. Welcome back to the Average Conservationist podcast and I'm your host Marcus Schuing. So today uh, we are going to forego a guest um, and what I'm going to do is kind of have a, a year in review and talk about uh, some of the highlights uh, and whatnot throughout the, the course of the last year. Um, try to make it kind of as, as short and sweet and to the point as possible. Um, you know, I, I, I know that this time of year can be super hectic uh, for everyone, you know, with you know, being two days out from Christmas and, you know, there's just, there's a lot of things to get done. And, and a lot of times, uh, being able to, uh, devote 45 minutes to an hour, uh, to listen to a podcast, um, can be a bit difficult. Um, so I'll try and get right to it. Um, first off, I want to thank all of the guests, uh, that have made time 
to join me and talk about their journey and conservation uh, throughout the course of this year. Um, you know, to be honest, it's this whole experience has been extremely uh, rewarding, humbling. Uh, I mean, the the list of adjectives um, to describe. You know, this this past you know not only year but year and a half that I've been doing the podcast is. I, I mean, there's no shortage of them. Um, I've got to meet and interact with so many incredible people that that share a lot of the the same views and outlooks on conservation and the outdoors that I do. That it's it's certainly refreshing. Uh, I mean, you know, those people are out there. Um, just you, you kind of see things from afar, but to be able to interact with them and you know hear their stories, uh, it's it's been super cool. And you know, quite honestly, the the feedback from from you listeners um you know the uh, for everyone that has you know subscribed and and tuned in you know week after week you know i i honestly cannot thank all of you um enough um when i got the the numbers uh in terms of downloads and, and listens and whatnot uh i was just absolutely blown away uh i never um in a million years would have thought that when i started out on this podcast being, you know, uh, you know, a relative nobody and, and, you know, having, uh, you know, trying to give these, these businesses and these individuals a voice, um, you know, you're never really sure how something like that's going to go. And, you know, I guess the, the numbers kind of don't lie and, and you all, you know, seem to really enjoy you know, the stories that these guests have to tell. And, and that's kind of what I always tell them, um, especially prior to, to starting to record is, you know, a lot of these people, um, these guests have, you know, maybe not appeared on a podcast before um, for whatever reason. And, you know, they're super nervous about, you know, talking and not wanting to ramble and all of these things. And what I always tell, I tell them all the same thing. I said, you know, people are tuning in to listen to you. They're not tuning in to listen to me, you know, ramble about the same story that they heard, you know, maybe two or three weeks ago with a previous guest. You know, they're they're tuning in to hear, you know, why conservation is such an important part of of their life, of their businesses uh, or businesses, yeah, their businesses philosophy and why it's such an important part of of who they are and what it is that they do. And uh, like I said, I think, you know, based on um, the number of people that have tuned in to listen, I think, you know, they they appreciate um, these different stories and, you know, all the different kind of walks of life that these conservationists um, come from. And it's, um, it's super cool to, uh, to see... I guess how this is all received. And so again, I just, you know, I, I, I really sincerely thank all of you uh, for taking the time week in and week out uh, to tune in and to listen in and to hear these stories. And I'm sure not only, you know, listen to what they have to say, but, you know, supporting, you know, their businesses uh, as best as possible. Um, you know, <clears throat> thinking back uh, on some of these episodes, there's, there's a few that I mean, they, they were all great, and, and I absolutely enjoyed every one of them, but some that, that really stick out to me, I think kind of first and foremost is uh, hard side hydration, and if you listen to that episode, 
the one of the owners of Hardside Hydration um, has been my best friend since I was five years old. Uh, we grew up together and played sports together. We, you know, rode to school every day together. Uh, he drove or I drove, you know, the, the, that whole thing. And when he first approached uh, me about his idea, you know, probably a little over a year ago, and told me, you know, him and his his business partner, what their idea was and how they thought it was just a, a product that was sorely needed. And then to see where they're at now has been so awesome to see. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. If you kind of look at the big picture of things and, and where him and I both came from, uh, you know, we came from a very, very small rural town in northern lower Michigan. You know, we graduated with the class of like 45 or something like that. And for those of you listening who uh, came from a much larger area, yes, 45 people uh, in our graduating class. And to see the difference that, you know, just two people um, have been trying to make in the world of conservation in the outdoors and how important that is to us, um, you know, it was a part of it was a part of us growing up. I mean, he came. He came from a family um, whose dad worked for the DNR for his entire life. So the outdoors was something that was very important to him. And so to be able to to get him on, to hear his story, and to kind of relive uh, a bit of our childhood and our youth um, through some of the stories that we were able to tell was just was just super fun. And it's one that I, I'm just super grateful that we were able to get on. Um, another one that really jumps out to me uh, is Gastronome. And I think what's so cool about that is uh, Shannon Waters, the owner of Gastronome, you know, she took a, a very kind of roundabout path to, you know, where she's at now. And to see how, uh, you know, the outdoors has become um, such an important part of her life. And how she kind of took the the industry of, you know, freeze-dried meals and, and backcountry food and kind of, you know, <clears throat> turned it on its head and took a completely different route uh, in terms of using fresh ingredients and fresh products to, to make their meals um, is super cool to see. And, you know, she saw uh, an industry or a market that had been doing one thing a certain way for so long and then said, we can do this better, right? And, you know, set out and <clears throat> made the changes, you know, did things the way she thought that they should be done and really wanted to give, you know, outdoor enthusiasts um, an enjoyable meal uh, in the backcountry. And she succeeded tenfold in that because if you have not tried a gastronome meal um, you are missing out they are awesome I mean this year for for whitetail hunting um, especially uh, later in the season uh, where you're sitting you know most of the day maybe you take a quick break in the afternoon to switch stands maybe grab a bite to eat whatever it is I had brought some of those you know even though it's not backcountry like I was hunting from the truck but you can go back to the truck boil some water you know, 20 minutes later, you have this meal that's, you know, better than a peanut butter and jelly or beef jerky or all the little Debbie snacks that us whitetail hunters love to eat while we're in the tree stand. 
And it's uh, there's there's no shortage of ways uh, that you can enjoy their meals. So that was one that was certainly uh, enjoyable and a, certainly a, a cool conversation to have. Uh, another one is Jason Crichton. And Jason uh, was the winner of the 2021 Conservation Media Award uh, for written and audio. Uh, Jason hosts the Conservation Unfiltered podcast, and he just does uh, an awesome job. And that was another one of those where I was fortunate enough to be a guest on his podcast. We kind of did a, a, a podcast swap. So like on Tuesday, we recorded on his, and then Wednesday, we recorded on, on mine. And, you know, the more we got to talk, especially offline, the more we just realized we have so much in common from our upbringings um, to, you know, how the outdoors is uh, introduced to us, what it means to us, you know, our paths um, throughout high school and college uh, with sports being such a big role uh, in our lives and and how that really kind of helped, you know, shape us as as adults now and the lessons that we learned and, you know, his outlook on conservation and why it's become so important and why he started the podcast, you know, for, for all the right reasons, because there's so many knowledgeable people out there that have made it their, you know, their life's work um, to, to work in the field of conservation. And, you know, he, he's highlighting those people and the work that they're doing. And if you guys have not, you guys should absolutely check out uh, Jason's podcast because it uh, it's a good one. And he does a great job there. He gets a ton of great guests on there, a ton of great content. Um, and I think we're kind of only scratching the surface uh, on what um, Jason is doing uh, with the Conservation Unfiltered podcast. Uh, and then lastly, uh, another one uh, is Sam Soholt. Um, Sam is absolutely a man. Uh, if you're in the outdoor and really, if you enjoy the outdoors, Sam is, is someone who, who really needs no introduction. Um, the work that him and his brother, Josh have done, um, through public land tees is, is second to none. I mean, they are, you know, a two man band with their operation, but the, the, creativity and the the money that they have been able to raise through uh their stamp it forward project uh over the last gosh i think this is i think this year was the third year uh that they done it uh is just incredible um and then they had their uh conservation crossing uh t-shirt where you bought a t-shirt for like 100 bucks or 125 bucks or something like that and you got uh, a, a super cool t-shirt and then, um, a membership to five separate conservation, um, organizations, uh, which was, um, I remember he told me this, I had it, we had him on the podcast, um, maybe a couple weeks before he actually announced the project. And, uh, so we couldn't really talk about it, uh, in any kind of detail, uh, before it launched. Um, uh, but offline, he got to tell me, you know, kind of what the plan was, uh, and really what they were trying to do, um, with this project. And, you know, I've, I've <laughs> I kind of told Sam, I was like, you know, when you started the stamp it forward project, you were essentially just asking people to send you $25 right to you, like, you know, your personal PayPal or, or Venmo or whatever it was. And I'm like, and look at how much money you raised, you know, 
through you know the great partnerships that you've been able to develop over the years in the industry but not only that but just from you know people like like you like you listeners who donated twenty five dollars um, to buy a, a federal duck stamp and then all that money that goes right back into I think it's ninety six percent of that twenty five dollars um, for the federal duck stamp goes right back into conservation efforts and I mean over twenty five thirty five forty five thousand somewhere I mean it's just this incredible amount of money that they're raising each year um, for waterfowl and their habitats and wetlands and everything and it's just it's super incredible and you know Sam is for anyone out there I mean it's it's just super inspiring to see someone like that um, use their platform to you know promote uh, wildlife to promote conservation and you know doing that to you know using public land teas essentially as a mechanism um, just to to raise money uh, for conservation um, you know not only the the Stamp It Forward project, but, um, you know, money he's been able to raise for RMEF, Pheasants Forever. Uh, I mean, the list really goes on and on with the the amount of good um, that Sam and Josh have done there with Public Land Tees. So that was certainly certainly one that, um, that I enjoyed. And, you know, I think really kind of in totality and, and, and as I look back, on all of the guests, you know, I think what I learned from them is everyone's story was a little bit different. I mean, you have people from, you know, all parts of the country, you know, we had guests on from the UK, um, a couple from Canada and, you know, places that you might not think of when you think of the outdoors and conservation. And it's, it's uh it's I think I mentioned it early on, but it's very motivating, right, to to see um the work that these people are doing. And it's um it's something that I look forward to every week. Um I know sometimes uh the the general format of our conversations um are very familiar from week to week and kind of the same, but what I've found with with talking to these guests is this is kind of the best way for me to really unlock um, a lot of uh, the story behind uh, the individual that I'm speaking to and really understand how they got to that point and, and why conservation um, plays such a big role um, either in their personal life or in their business as well. And I think also just the, the diversity of businesses that are 2% certified um, is very cool um, to see as well. So, and you know, kind of stepping away from the guests a little bit and looking kind of at where conservation is, uh, kind of how conservation was, some of the victories that that we had uh, throughout the course of 2021 um, was certainly. Uh, inspiring. It was certainly uh, something that us as conservationists, as outdoor recreationists, uh, should be proud of. Um, you know, just kind of quickly off the top of my head, I know that we had a big win in Bristol Bay uh, at the Boundary Waters, um, and then 
off the heels of the Great American Outdoor Act uh, in 2020, we had the Infrastructure and Jobs Act, uh, which is um, $40 billion worth of funding that is going to fish and wildlife conservation programs and increasing access, um, which is tremendous. Um, I mean, I think over the past you know, 18 months, the um, some of the legislation that has been passed or, or signed into law um, by, you know, two separate administrations really um, is very encouraging uh, for the world of conservation. Um, it's, um, you know, while there has been certainly some positive things that have come out of uh, the last 18 months, um, just in recent uh, weeks, really, uh, there was the, in the state of Washington, uh, they canceled their spring bear season, uh, which obviously uh, is of big concern um, to to us as, as hunters. And it's something that we certainly need to stay vigilant of. Um, we need to continue, you know, fighting the good fight. Um, it's kind of a harsh reminder that there uh, is still a lot of work to do. Um, as hunters, you know, not only as hunters, but as anglers as well, and things that we need to, you know, stay on top of and and try to stay out in front of and making sure that we're, you know, talking with uh, representatives and attending, you know, uh, hearings and, and getting involved as much as possible. You know, so many of these organizations out there have made it, um, so much easier, uh, for us, you know, (laughs) not to sound cliche, but us average conservationists to, uh, get involved, um, to, uh, whether it's, you know, organizations posting, um, phone numbers to your representatives or emails to your state representatives, um, to voice your opinions about certain bills and certain things that are, um, kind of in the house, uh, or in the Senate and, whether you're for the bill or against the bill, you can certainly let your voice be heard. And if there's one thing that we've learned, especially over um, the last couple of years, is that you know your voice does make a difference. You know, it, it may not seem like it, you know, just in in writing a quick email or leaving a, a minute voicemail or something along those lines, but that certainly goes a long ways. And the more people that do it. It creates this snowball effect and, you know, I can, I can absolutely say that our voices are being heard. Uh, and I, I certainly encourage, you know, everyone out there listening, uh, if, if there's something that you are passionate about or there's something that you don't agree with, um, definitely speak up, find out who is the right person to, to contact, um, you know, maybe reach out to, uh, your local, uh, chapter of your organization, whatever that may be, and find out what it is um, or who it is that you need to contact um, to let your voice be heard. Um, so yeah, um, I think we just we need to keep up with this momentum um, that we've kind of gained uh, throughout the last year uh, and continue to uh, move forward. Um, kind of a popular. Uh, phrases onward and upward um, that I'm sure many of you have seen and um, keep going in the right direction Um, and you know continue to try to be proactive as opposed to reactive as Jared Frazier pointed out on one of our episodes this year which you know ever since he said that it's one of those things that's kind of stuck in my head and you know it's it, it kind of makes you 
always want to look for the next thing um, to, to again, to, to stay ahead of things as best as possible. Um, <clears throat> this month, or excuse me, this year, uh, we did something a little bit different on the podcast also, uh, where we had um, October was Conservation Month. And as opposed to having 2% businesses or individuals on the podcast, uh, we actually got uh, members from um, some different conservation organizations on and got to hear uh, their story and really kind of have some good conversations um, about species uh, specific uh, organizations. We had the Rocky Mountain Goat Alliance, we had the Wild Sheep Foundation, um, we had uh, Whit Fosberg from the TRCP, which was uh, a super cool episode. And you know, Whit's someone who has certainly made it his um, you know life's mission. Um, to you know work in the field of conservation and you know the difference that that you know he's had almost you know solely through ducks unlimited and then now trcp uh something that <clears throat> that can't go uh unnoticed and these are two you know incredibly uh amazing organizations that are doing a lot of great work and the trcp you know not only <clears throat> them uh, kind of as their as their own organization, but the the partnership side of things and and working with all of these other organizations to to really try to help further their mission. And I think they have you know sixty three different partners, uh, conservation organization partnerships uh, that they're working with together um, to try to enhance their missions uh, is, is is super cool. And I think that that theme of, of conservation month. Um, is something that, that I'm going to continue to do in the future because, you know, it's people like, like you, like the listeners that make up these organizations. And uh, I think the more that the members or the more that these people understand or know about really kind of how the organization works, what uh, their priorities are, you know, their, their funding mechanisms, you know, what you can do uh, to get involved with these organizations uh, at a national or at a local level uh, is super important uh, for the members. And it's it's one of the things I had talked about that it, um, you know, the more members know about, you know, what's really going on, uh, I think the more apt they are to get involved. Um, they are to volunteer or to donate money. You know, maybe they buy a life membership instead of just their their yearly membership or they buy a family membership or, or whatever. I think, you know, the more that they're in the know, uh, the more likely they are to to really be um, an active participant uh, within the organization. So that's definitely something that uh, in 2022 you can look forward to is <clears throat> um, another conservation month um, or, you know, the entire month dedicated to um organizations, but um, I think I'm definitely going to make it a focus as well to, <clears throat> excuse me, um, to have um, <clears throat> more organizations sprinkled in throughout the course of the year as well. Um, I apologize, I'm, I'm getting a bit hoarse. Uh, um, I'm going on like 25 minutes now or, or very close to uh, without really hitting pause or taking a break or anything like that. So I don't <clears throat> recall the last time I've talked this long consecutively uh, without really taking much of a break. Uh, but I promise you, I, I, I'm, I'm getting close to wrapping this up. Um, so 
kind of as as I do, you know, wind this down and and, and let you guys get out of here. You know, I want to remind everyone to you know get involved. Um, if if you're unsure of you know where to start or you know how do I get involved? You know how can I how can I become uh, more of an active participant? Um, you know in conservation and you know through my experiences and I'll kind of echo what what some guests have said throughout the course of the podcast is that. I think the first thing that you need to do is, you know, figure out what it is that you're passionate about. Is it elk? Is it pheasant? Is it trout? Is it whitetail? Is it turkeys? Is it sheep? Is it, you know, uh, is it coastal fishing? Whatever the case is, you know, figure out what it is that you love to do. And then from there, you can really kind of hone it in. You can do a little bit of re- a little bit of research and find out what organizations are out there, excuse me, that are supporting uh, what it is that you love to do. And then from there, you can almost, um, you know, whittle it down a bit more and find out exactly which organizations, um, you know, kind of stand for what it is that you believe in um, and are doing things that, that you like to see from, you know, maybe a research standpoint or a habitat standpoint, um, whatever it is, um, and then, you know, find a local chapter uh, or reach out to uh, the national level and find out, you know, who locally you can reach out to. Um, well, one thing I, that I have found is there's no shortage of people who, who want to help um, get more and get others involved in conservation and they want to see, um, you know, those organizations succeed. And, you know, that's sometimes that's that's the hard part of these nonprofits is they're just that they're they're nonprofits. They're they're trying to, you know, fight the good fight on, you know, and a lot of times um, a bit of a limited budget. And, you know, every every set of boots on the ground or every membership uh, certainly goes a long way. And, you know, for many of these organizations, uh, with 2020 and, you know, even a good portion of 2021 not able to have um, a lot of banquets and a lot of fundraisers uh, and auctions and things like that that they had traditionally used to raise money and to grow their membership. Um, and a lot of them took a big hit. Um, so I hope that, um, you know, for the sake of all, you know, different species and wildlife, um that as you know 2021 comes to a close and we get into the year 2022 that we start to see a lot of those organizations about bounce back and continue um to to do the the good work that um, their organizations have been known for throughout the years and then lastly um you know i want to uh personally thank um the partners of the podcast um, who have really helped make this possible. Um, first and foremost, 2% for conservation. Uh, I will I will come back to them, but uh, certainly without 2% for conservation, um, you know, none of this in terms of highlighting these stories of these businesses and these individuals uh, would be possible. Um, so I'm super fortunate um, for, th- for 2% uh, for allowing 
for them, I'm super appreciative of them for allowing me to kind of be the voice of of two percent and of their business, uh, their business and individual members um, to get their stories out. I would also like to thank Go Hunt. Um, they have been a, a tremendous partner, and what they're doing with their you know mapping system and their work with conservation um, is really. Um, you know, leading the industry, uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, with their technology and everything. Uh, I would also like to thank Stone Glacier. Stone Glacier was the, the, the first partner, uh, that came along with the podcast. Um, they were the first ones to, to get on board. Uh, they have been awesome. Um, I, I cannot thank them enough. Um, they are just a, a great group of people at Stone Glacier. Um, all of my interactions with them, um, have been nothing short of awesome. Um, you know, not only that, they have, you know, some kick-ass gear and for any of you out there that have not tried it yet, um, you, you're missing out because it's, it's, it's top notch quality gear, um, that you won't regret purchasing, uh, after you do. Uh, also Wild Rivers Coffee, um, Sammy and Marshall, the owners of Wild Rivers Coffee, um, are just they're salt of the earth people. They're they make a, a great product. They're super passionate about the outdoors and conservation, um, and they're they're doing things you know the right way. And you know for another um, you know small family business uh, to support the podcast, uh, it really means a lot to me because I know what it's like being a small business um, and wanting to, you know, spread your message and, you know, get your products in the hands of people. And, um, I, I, I really cannot thank them, uh, enough either. Um, I'm just, I, I'm super fortunate to have the partners that I do on this podcast. Um, the people, their businesses are all incredible. And, um, I highly recommend if you have not already to, to reach out, to these um, these companies to to try their products, help support them. Um, you know, not only not only them, but also you know any of the guests that I've had on the podcast. Because um, regardless of their uh, if they have a partnership with me or not, they're all incredible companies um, that are you know putting their money where their mouth is in terms of conservation and trying their best um, to make a difference, um, whatever way. Uh, or the best way that they know how. Um, yeah, and then coming back to 2% uh, for conservation. Um, you know, the the partnership that, that we have together and a lot of guests and maybe um, some of the listeners aren't even quite sure how it works because a lot of times people tend to think that I am, I am a part of 2%, um, which is not the case. Um, you know, I'm just <clears throat> fortunate to... Um, again, like I said, be kind of the voice, um, or the, the avenue that allows their, uh, business members, uh, to express or to tell their stories, I should say, um, about their business, about their backgrounds and about, uh, you know, why conservation plays such an important role, uh, within their business. And, you know, I feel like when I first set out on this journey, um, again, kind of echoing what I, I mentioned early on is I, I, I didn't know how it was going to be received, right? Um, it, it, you're kind of putting yourself out there and, 
you know, Jared and Calvin at 2%. Um, and I feel like over time um, have, have certainly become friends. And I think that's ultimately and kind of my biggest takeaway from this podcast is that I've made a ton of new friends um, all over the country uh, with all different backgrounds, with all sorts of cool stories and people who I feel like I could reach out to at a moment's notice, say, hey, I'm going to be in town. Um, you want to grab a drink? You want to have some dinner? Hey, do you want to get, uh, you know, do you want to share deer camp or or whatever the case is? Do you, you, know, you want to go fishing? Whatever, whatever, you know, insert whatever outdoor activity you would like. And they would be like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Let me know when you're going to be here. Um, and I feel like that's kind of, to say the ultimate compliment is not the right word, but it, it it's it's what I've enjoyed the most, I think, is is the friendships that I've been able to, to make throughout the course of this time. And yeah, just a big thank you. Uh, a big thank you. Um, and then also I would like to thank you listeners as well. Um, for anyone that has, um, went to the average conservationist.com and picked up a shirt or a hat or a hoodie or a sweatshirt or whatever the case is. And, you know, supported my small business, um, and that I'm using to try to, uh, raise money for conservation as well. Um, and, you know, shameless plug here. If you haven't yet, um, be sure to, to check out my website, um, you know, grab a gift for yourself, grab a gift for the outdoor enthusiast or outdoor recreationist in your life um, and help raise some money for conservation in the process. So I will leave it at that. Um, I wish all of you a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. Um, be safe out there. Uh, there will be no episode next week, so enjoy the rest of your year. Um, again, remember, stay safe out there, and conservation starts with you. Uh-huh.